0: Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio behind Crossway Church. And we are doing our Friday morning Bible studies of Bible faith in light of the cross. And everything we do here at Crossway Church is in light of the cross. That means we'll get to learn and grow and experience the one who is the light and what He's accomplished for us through His work of redemption at Calvary. And that is the avenue the Holy Spirit can legally teach us, bring understanding, and give us the very application, which is God uh, putting His Word in our hearts and writing them on our minds and we're going to have a great bible study today this is part 14 of bible faith in light of the cross on this 20th day of august 2021 let me just say again today how thankful i am to have been brought through the covid uh, struggle the covid attack that virus uh, 18 days of of uh, being very sick, and I thank God for the saints and the prayers of the saints, and and I just pray that the Lord would raise all of His people up and bring all of His people through this time of struggle and attack. And we're just so thankful uh, for what the Lord is saying and what He's doing, and that we are learning that everything He says and everything that He does. He does it by His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that means through faith in what He did on the cross for us. And we're thankful for that. Today's session of uh, Bible faith in the light of the cross, I, I feel the Lord would have us to, to, to scope in depth a little bit on this particular subject, keeping the faith keeping the faith and we will read in second Timothy chapter 4 if you'd like to go ahead and be preparing to to in your bibles or on your smart pad or a smartphone to to read along with us but before we read let us just have the the kindergarten reality that you can't keep anything you have not Obtained that you don't, you've never had, you can't keep anything you've never had. So let us remember that as we go through these handful of scriptures today so that uh, we will understand better. And I believe the Lord is going to impart truth today into our hearts. I, and, I, and I've come to the conclusion that the only truth the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, can guide us in. Uh, is the truth we're willing to submit to, believe, and follow His leading into. I, I don't believe He writes them in our minds. and I believe until we're in the process of submitting and following through faith in the cross alone. I believe He begins to write them as He is allowed legally to teach us and to guide us into all truth, more truth. And he can do that only through faith in the cross. Outside of faith in the cross, my friend, we only have a, a some natural fleshly understanding of the Bible. And uh, so we need to grow and, and we need to see the work of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth who is attempting to teach us so that He, the same Spirit of God as the Spirit of grace can walk me in the truth That he's attempting to show me. So, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll start in verse 3 and read uh, about four or five verses here. Watch now, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Paul is writing to Timothy here. He's writing to me and you as well. For the time will come when they will not endure. Sound doctrine means they won't keep going in that which they have been in. They won't cling to that. They they won't continue to uh, strive for. They won't continue to contend for. But uh, they won't endure doctrine that is sound. And let's make sure we understand that. Sound doctrine, sound teaching is always tied to the always tied to and in the context of that form of doctrine that freed us from sin and made us servants of righteousness. Romans chapter six, Take that down. Look at it. There is, there is no teaching that you can hear from the word of God that is sound, stable, secure able to be the light to your path unless it's in the context of that form of teaching, that form of doctrine that freed you from your sin and made you a servant of righteousness. And I had to say that you need to have taken that down. Those of you who have a love for the truth and not just a love to hear somebody talk about the Bible, but you're looking for truth, this session, this ministry is for you because we don't just read the Bible, and we don't just uh, talk about things, we don't just put our own twist on things. Everything is by Christ, from Christ, and to Christ. If all things are from Him and to Him, then all the Word of God that is from Him must be back to Him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. I'm glad... That I might be getting older in years, but I'm learning some very valuable things that are requirements that we know, or we'll just be pretending and, and, and mad when somebody does. When, you know, these people that can't and not can't, they won't endure sound doctrine. They get angry when sound doctrine comes. You know why? There's only one reason why. There's only one reason why I will no longer endure sound doctrine or get angry when I hear sound doctrine is because it begins to interfere with my pretending. I'm pretending that I'm right. I'm pretending that I know a little something. And when sound doctrine comes, I will make the choice to continue in sound doctrine or Paul says they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now let me ask a question this morning. Are you in a local church? Number one, are you even in a local church? Number two, are you in a local church? And if there's not one in your area preaching the Word of God in the context of the cross of Christ, are you tied to a local church through praying for them, communication, participation with them through your giving there and through messages? How are you tied to, how are you participating in the distribution of the message of the cross? Listen very carefully. Because if we're not It's because we're in that other group that after our own lusts, not what the Bible directs us to be a part of, but our own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers because they have itching ears. Do I gather in a place where I hear the Word of God in the context that is sound? That keeps me the course, that continues to shine by showing the righteousness of God to me, because the Bible says in Proverbs 12 and 17, if you follow our ministry, you hear it quite often, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And you say, Well, God's word is truth. So if I'm reading it, I'm if anybody's up and talking about the word, preaching the word, there's going to be a picture of God's righteousness, not if they're holding God's Word out of its righteous context, which is the avenue of the cross of Christ. Let's get that. So, And there, and there are many today that are tied to ministries that they see great mixture. They see they're no longer really focused in on and preaching the cross, though they once were, there's a gradual fading away from the focus, the determination to know nothing other. And some have even said, well, that was a phase and that was what God... Would do. That's all God has ever spoken through and worked through is Christ and His redemptive plan through Him at Calvary. Never forget. If, you, if you don't believe that, then your ears are already itching, my friend. Your ears are already itching through the lust of the flesh. So, but Paul tells Timothy and you and me, they shall turn away their ears from the truth. A lot of people love the word of God, but it's not the truth of God's word they love. It's not the truth of God's word they long to hear. See, I, I've been there. I've been in ministry like that. I've been a minister like that, where I just take God's word and try to pump the people up, or I take God's word and I and I and I put it into my own uh, opinions, and I try to uh, drive the the ship somewhere, the congregation somewhere, with what I I'm trying to do with the word. That's 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 not enduring, sound doctrine that again, I have to repeat myself, quite often must be tied to, must be in the context for it to be sound of that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. Never forget that. If you disagree with it, then you're all buried up in apostasy, my friend. So, He says, now, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. Now, when he starts this verse out, he says, now, you need to watch in all things. Watch for what? What's he talking about here? People leaving. Make sure you ain't leaving with them, honey. By the dro- We're not living in the uh, first part of the church age. We're not living in the first part of perilous times. We're not living in the middle of perilous times. We're living in the few vaporous moments that the fullness of the times of the Gentile is about to close out. We're living in the fullness of the times of apostasy. When Jesus was asked by his disciples, when are these things going to come to pass? What's the sign of your coming? He said, let no man deceive you. Deceitful deception is rampant. Preachers are preaching on deception while they're deceived preachers are preaching about deception. The devil knows if he can get his ministers to talk about deception, the people, not knowing the scriptures, will feel good that they're preachers watching out over them. But while he's preaching against deception, he's deceived himself. If he's not using God's word to point to the living word and what he did at Calvary, my friends, it is that narrow. My friends, it is that is the place God has called us to walk and there is no other place He's offered us outside the path of righteousness that the love of the truth will reveal to us. Watch now. Where else, and and I'm bringing this to the table because we've been ministering on the church of Sardis on the last four uh, Wednesday services that I've ministered, and... Jesus warns that church in Sardis where he finds the majority of the Christians wearing tainted garments. And again, let me say it today, what causes our garments of righteousness to be tainted is not acts of sin, it's the wrong object of faith. And Jesus tells the church in Sardis to watch and to return to where they once heard and once received, which is simple faith in the cross of Christ. He says, if you don't watch, I'll come on you as a thief and I'll rob you. Now you need to understand, the the warning there is also that if they don't repent, their names will be blotted out of the book of life. You, You need to understand that. If they don't watch, if they don't repent, if they just go along with everything that's going along and they allow themselves to be removed from sound doctrine, sitting week after week, listening to the Word outside its righteous context, if they refuse to watch and to be on guard so that they don't develop itching ears with the rest of those they're surrounded by, if they don't walk, Jesus will come and rob them. That's in your Bible. You need to remember that. Verse 6, Paul says, and this is where we're getting to today, verses 6 and 7, For I am now ready to be offered. Paul's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to soon to, to go and be with the Lord. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You need to understand something today, my friend. Paul kept the faith. The faith, and we're going to see it today, is that which if we keep, The power of God will keep us. Notice, if we do not keep the faith, God has no avenue by which to keep us by His power. The church today moved away from sound doctrine long ago, long ago. And outside of sound doctrine, the faith, won't be found. And only through the faith are we kept by the power of God unto salvation. Before we get into that a little deeper, let's read, as Paul here says, I have fought a good fight. Let's go back, or let's uh, go back to his first letter to Timothy and see what he says in chapter 6 verse 12 when he tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. For there is no spiritual fight. Many books written on spiritual warfare, many books written that sound good and make you feel good, but they also tell you to go out and, and do something to fight the good fight, my friend. Fighting the good fight is simply believing what you believed when you began initially to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, which is who He is as the Son of God and what He did for you at the cross. Outside of that, you have no ground to stand on to be fighting spiritual battles. You'll lose. When Robin and I first move, this will jar you, When Robin and I first moved to Cass County back in, really it was the second time, in 1995, there were a a group of women here in this local area who were meeting regularly with mason jars. And they claimed they were catching demons in those jars. And uh, they, they would pray for people and demons. They would uh, cast demons out and put them in, in, in mason jars and, and then take them out. And I don't know the rest of that story. That was enough to let me know wherever they are, whoever they are, stay away from them. There was also a group of people that bought plane tickets and went, flew to Colorado to, to get on the highest mountain they could find because the Bible says there is wickedness and evil in high places. And, and I'm not making fun of these people by no means because I've been in a sinking boat of ignorance and false doctrine was for so many years and taught it my own self. But I'm giving you these illustrations today because if you don't know the only object of faith God has offered all of humanity is Christ and Him crucified, you will and probably are believing something false that makes you feel good about yourself when you're doing it, makes you feel good about yourself when you're hearing it. But if it's not the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and what he did at Calvary. My friend, I don't care what that preacher who's got a bigger platform than you is telling you behind the scenes. We've been told we preach another Jesus that Paul talked about while we teach that if your faith is not in the cross of Christ, then you're you're trusting in another Jesus. Well, make no mistake about it. We have the Word of God to stand on. And most all the time when we're told we're preaching another Jesus that Paul talked about, it's just a statement to us. They have no scriptures that they give us. See, that's always what makes the difference is the truth of God's Word. But Paul tells Timothy in his first letter to him, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life where unto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. So when Paul here says, I have fought in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. That's the fight of faith. We don't fight against sin. We don't fight against this and that. There are struggles with these things, but the only fight God has called us into is the good fight of faith hear me, that can never be overcome can never lose faith can't lose, faith can't be overcome because it works by love and love is who God is true biblical faith is a move of God if it's True biblical faith, which is in the cross of Christ. It's in God's Word in its righteous context. And if you're a new listener, Proverbs 8 and 8, write it down, never forget it. The Bible says that all of God's words are in righteousness. And His righteousness, Romans 1 16 and 17, is revealed in the gospel to the just who go from faith to faith to faith in God's Word. The only way faith comes is by hearing and hearing the Word of God in its righteous context so as the righteousness of God is revealed, we can move from faith to faith to faith. So Paul says, I have fought a good fight. (coughs) I have finished my course. I have kept... The faith, not a faith. There's only one faith. Do you know the Bible says there's only one faith in Ephesians 4 and 5? Write it down for your notes, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 says there's one faith. One faith. So Paul here says, I have fought a good fight. How's he done that? He's kept the faith. He says, I've finished my course. How's he done that? He's, he's kept the faith. The faith is the only thing that allows you to fight a good fight. The faith is the only avenue God's prescribed for you to be able to finish your course. Your course is the race God set before you, and it is the path of righteousness that only the truth of God's Word will reveal. The gospel truth of God's Word will show forth that righteousness so that He can keep writing what He's able to lead you in in the tablets of your heart and your mind. Hallelujah. Not the thing beating and pushing the blood throughout your body, but the heart of man, who you are, your soul and your spirit. Hallelujah. He says, I've kept the faith. He's kept what he was dealt. He's kept what he obtained. We'll get to that in a moment. But first I want us to look at 1 Peter 1 verse 5. Because this is one of the paramount portions of this session I want you to hear. I pray God give it to you so that you can see it. All, all that we ministers of righteousness can do is put God's word on the table by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't deposit it in your hearts and minds. He has to take it and show it to you in a way if, if, you, if you really want to see it so that He can impart it into your hearts. We're talking about the truth of God's Word. We're talking about the faith. Praise God. So watch this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Peter writes that we are kept, kept, we are kept by the power of God, through faith, as we keep the faith, we are kept by the power of God. Unto, not just to keep going to church or be in a Bible study or this, that, and a million other things. Listen, let's read it again and read it together and read it all the way through. Watch this now. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. The fruit of our salvation, the testimony of our salvation, the fruit that we are saved, hallelujah, according to the Bible, not what I want to say it is. We're kept by the power of God through faith that's unto salvation. And we're being made ready to be revealed in the last time. Glory to God. Let me say this. Keeping the faith allows the power of God or God through His power to keep us. There's a lot of unsound doctrine. A lot of false teaching that says God keeps us no matter what. No, no. You and I have been given the gift of faith. We'll look at that today. Because God had to give us something through an avenue through which He could keep us by that, through that, which He gave us. Oh my goodness. God gave us something as a gift so that through that which He gave us and the avenue through which He gave us, gave it to us, He will be able to keep us by His power. The Apostle Paul cried out three times, Take this thorn from me, O Lord, And after the third time, the Lord spoke to the Apostle Paul and he said, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul got a hold of that revelation. Paul got a hold of that revelation of grace, what grace was, which is what God is doing through His strength being made perfect in our weakness. And when Paul got a hold of that, you know what Paul said? Paul said, all right then, I'm just going to go ahead and glory right here in my weaknesses, in my infirmities, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul did not Like so many today, throw in the towel and say, if you don't heal me, I'm not serving you. If you don't heal me, then what's the use in me trusting you? Paul got a glimpse of the truth of what grace really is. That God is sufficient. And God in what he does is sufficient. And Paul knew that he needed the power of Christ resting upon him more than he needed to be delivered from some stinking temporary thorn. Come on somebody, I'm just being real. Do you today have a greater desire that the power of Christ rest upon you and to keep you unto salvation? Peter, let's read it again. We're kept not by going to church, not by reading the Bible, not by prayer. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Now Bible study and church, local church attendance and giving and prayer and fasting and all the the gamut of things we're called to walk in a place of good works, Ephesians 2.10, but they're all found only in Christ. And we have to understand what what it means to walk in Christ for the experience of these things. Just to go do good things doesn't mean it's anybody but us trying to do it. But when our faith is in the cross of Christ where we were dealt the measure of faith, the, the avenue through which the gift came then we're going to know scripturally, not because I say something, because I'm dependent on what God has said to confirm that these works in our lives are the works of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth who offers me truth, attempts to show me truth, so that that same Holy Spirit of truth, now as if when I submit to the truth, He, as the Spirit of grace, guides me into more knowledge of this new and everlasting covenant of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Exclusively, though, through my faith in the blood. As long as I'll keep the faith, God, through that faith He gave me to keep, will keep me by His power. This is kindergarten, but it's reality. And it's it's not known by most of the church, and most of the church that'll hear it'll say, no, I'm good, because their ears have this itching, this carnality, this flesh. And and, 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 and let me say it again, sound doctrine comes in to, to erupt our pretending. I know what it's like to be found lacking by the Lord. It makes us angry. I've been there. The message of the cross, turn that off. Man, that's what got me saved. I'm beyond that. Oh, my friend. Oh, my friend. God will do all that he can in roundabout ways to try to get us in a place like he put me in that old metal warehouse there in Atlanta and and had a man hanging old beat-up radio on the wall and I didn't want to hear what I was hearing the Word in the context of the cross. I I thought I was beyond that, more spiritual, more mature, and found out that I was walking in a place rejecting that which brought me the faith. Rejecting that through which God gave me the faith. Rejecting that only avenue through which I, scripturally, can keep the faith. And oh, what a mess I found myself in. And I had to make that conscious decision. I will believe the truth of God's word, not those who are adding, subtracting, and twisting God's word. Everybody okay today? Okay. Let me say it again. If we'll keep the faith, then God will keep us by his power unto salvation. If we're just trying to keep each other, my Lord, what a place of misery that is. The fear of men trapped in a cage where we can no longer grow. We can no longer do anything but be pleased with the praises of men. Oh come on we need to break out of these uh, these cages of of bondage these I'm not talking about the sinful bondages we need to break out of those too but we never will unless we learn what's causing them which is the wrong object of faith watch now let's move on this morning I want to show you that Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5 scripture that we spoke of. So let's look at that today. Ephesians 4. Let's read verse 4 so we can roll into this. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord and there's one faith. And there's one baptism. Now we know these scriptures that I just read, these two verses, they're talking about the entrance into Christ and our functionality into Christ. There's only one body of Christ, not two. There's only one Spirit of God, not two. There's only one hope of our calling and it is Christ Jesus and Him crucified. There's only one Lord. There's not two, there's one. There's only one faith and that's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Galatians 2 and 20. There's only one faith. There's not two, which confirms what we say all the time. If there's only one faith, then that means God has only given us one object of faith. You can have faith for healing, for a spouse, for a better job, for money to pay your for, for the list is endless of what you can believe God for. F O R. But you can't, you better not put your trust. In those, those things you're looking for provision, there's only one, pla- one, faith, one place for faith and it's in that one Lord, Jesus Christ, and what He did in Christ and Him crucified. Romans 6.3 tells us that's the entrance. For all who were saved, we entered this one body of Christ by being immersed into His death. Romans 6.3, it's written right there for you. Not a water baptismal tank. That was something in obedience you did after you were born again. And if you're listening to men teach that you also have to be water baptized to be saved, then you're, then you're, then you're believing that there's more than one baptism for salvation. And there's not. There's only one. And there's one faith, which is the topic of our discussion today, one faith. It's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. That's what He did by grace, Hebrews 2.9, through faith, (coughs) Galatians 2.20, He loved us and gave Himself for us. That's what He did, our Savior, by grace, Hebrews 2.9, through faith. His faith. His faith becomes our faith, the measure of that, when our trust is in Him and what He did at Calvary. And when we add to that by the purpose driven, the government of twelve, the words I speak, the money I give, all the things out here that our ears are itching to be able to go and scratch and do ourselves, to add to what Jesus did at Calvary for us, then that eliminates us from the grace of God He's attempting to give us. And if you disagree with that, please, you have the prerogative to, but go read the book of Galatians written to a saved and spirit-filled church where there had been miracles worked. They had fallen from grace. grace is what God is doing. Grace is what God is doing. The spirit of grace. We're going to talk about that uh, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Central Time uh, on, on uh, Brother uh, Mahari Warfield's program. So tune in and, and watch that. And you will be blessed as we discuss grace Sunday evening. You're going to hear some things on that broadcast. I promise you that will be scriptural that you probably have not heard before and uh, that you need to be hearing. And uh, it's very important that you and I, we don't give ear to people who are not exalting Christ And the only way that Christ can be exalted in our hearts and through our praise and worship is if our faith is in the one avenue through which God exalted Him. And that's faith in the cross of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Aren't you glad to be learning the truth of God's Word Aren't you so thankful today to, 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 to be hearing the Holy Spirit deposit the truth into your heart and write the truth on your mind as He's able to guide you? Watch now. The faith, there's only one faith. I've given you the scripture for that, Ephesians 4, 5. And we've talked a little bit, as we do quite often, about Galatians 2 and 20, which is that one faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. There's only that one faith. And now we'll talk a little bit this morning about Romans 12, 3, which tells us, watch very carefully, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul says, For I say, Through the grace given unto me, through what God is saying and doing through the Apostle Paul, to every man that is among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. So here comes the one avenue, the one and only avenue through which you and I, all of God's children, can avoid the exaltation of thoughts being more highly of ourselves than we ought to be thinking. Watch very carefully. But to think soberly, only one avenue of sober thinking. There's not two. Only one avenue of being sober, minded in the things of God. Watch. But to think soberly, which is according to, As God has dealt, given every man, that's believer, because the Bible says all do not have faith. God has dealt to every man, every believer, the measure of faith. That portion, where did He get it from? The one faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Paul there in Galatians 2.20 said that's the faith we live by now in this flesh body. That's the faith, the one faith, the one faith we live by. We've been given the giftiest. We've been dealt, given the measure of that faith, the faith of Christ so that God can keep us and bring us through every obstacle that ever stands in our way by His power unto salvation. Hallelujah. Get that now. Every Christian has been dealt the measure, the portion, not a greater portion for some, a smaller, but the portion. We all have been dealt the portion. It's not about how much faith you have. Jesus taught that faith as the size of a grain of a mustard seed that you can't hardly see in the palm of your hand can move mountains. Never forget that when we have people going around competing for greater, higher levels of faith in others. Oh, God forbid that foolishness. God forbid that silliness and selfishness and pride really is what it is <coughs> and an ignorance of the Scriptures. And We need to understand that. We've been dealt the measure, measured out of that one faith of the Son of God who did what? Loved us and gave Himself for us. When our hearts, Romans 10 and 10, believed unto righteousness, which means we were believing in and unto that which Jesus, as the Son of God, did for us as the Lamb of God at the cross, forgiving us of our sins, giving us also the power to walk in freedom and liberty where sin no longer dominates us, Romans 6.14, then He can now keep us by His power through this faith he dealt us if we keep the faith He dealt us. Oh, you got to understand that. There's also 2 Peter 1 and 1. Let's look at that because we're going to say something here this morning. <clears throat> we're going to say something that I've really never been taught and, and I've never really heard it. I'm not saying it's not out there, I'm sure it is but it's fresh to me and it's life to me and it's truth to me and it's a a brighter light from God's word for me. Watch now, 2 Peter 1 and 1. Now, Peter writes that he's a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained. It means they've received something. Remember Romans 12, 3, God dealt to us. He, he, when we think of the word dealt, we think of car dealing. And I don't know if that's a good analogy to think of. It's okay, I guess, because every, every what God has dealt every one of us is the measure of the faith of Christ. Because there's only one faith. There's only one <laughs> When Jesus would tell those that come trusting in Him that go your way, your faith has made you whole. He called, he called that faith they had their faith only because it was in Him and what He was doing by faith. Because everything Jesus did was by faith in what His heavenly Father was saying and doing that He could see. Jesus said, I don't say anything lest I... I don't say anything unless I hear my Heavenly Father say. I don't do anything unless I hear my Heavenly Father or see my Heavenly Father doing it. So the very reason Jesus could say, go your way, your faith has made you whole is because their trust was in Him and what He did and was doing and could do when he saw the Father doing it or heard the Father saying it. You need to remember that. There's only one faith. There's only one faith. When we go around and say, well, what faith are you of? I mean, you ever heard that? Somebody asked, what faith are you of? I'm of the only faith that exists in God's eyes. I'm of the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. see, you're being equipped today to have the right words to say the next time somebody says, what faith are you up? Well, I'm of the only faith the Bible says exists in God's eyes. The, the only faith He's given, offered humanity is one faith and that's the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. That's the only avenue through which faith comes and through which faith works. Let's prove it right here with what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, we've received this, it's a gift, this like precious, like, same measure God dealt to everybody, this like precious faith with us, Peter says, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He adds that because if he would have just said, through the righteousness of God, men would have took that and said, okay, well, uh, through what we do we're righteous. But no, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, he says, this this like precious faith we've obtained, it came through something. This gift of faith, came through something, the righteousness of God. That means our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did to save us, His death at Calvary, that righteous work. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look this morning. It's not in my notes, but I think it's Isaiah 32, 17. I hope I'm right. Yes, What? This is confirmation that the work of righteousness is the work of the righteous one, the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Get this, Isaiah 32, 17 needs to be brightly yellow in your Bible. And the work of righteousness (coughs) shall be peace. Colossians 1, 20 says Jesus made our peace by the, that's right, the blood of His cross. So the work of righteousness, the work of the righteous one at Calvary, is peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Get that. Notice this. In this, and I've never seen this until this very moment. I'm speaking right now. This is great. Watch this. Thank you, Lord. And the work of righteousness shall be peace... That initially speaks of the work of righteousness that Christ carried out for us that offered us and imparts to us that peace He made through His blood. The effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. But where is that effect of quietness and assurance Stillness in the midst of all storms and assurance in the midst of all storms, where is that taking place in experience? In the hearts and lives only of those who are keeping the measure of faith. They were dealt upon believing in what Jesus did at Calvary. Through that righteousness He afforded us in His blood through faith. You see, let's read this. Watch this. And the work of righteousness shall be peace carried out by Jesus... And the effect of that righteousness being quietness and assurance forever shall be the work of the Holy Spirit through our faith in that work of righteousness carried out for us at Calvary. That's why the Bible says in Romans 10 and 10 that when man believes with the heart unto righteousness, then the mouth begins to speak that which is unto salvation. (laughs) Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So... The child of God was dealt the measure of the one and only faith. Peter writes it this way, that we've obtained this same measure because it's like faith. It's not you got more and they got less. Uh -uh. It's the same measure of precious like faith Let's go back to uh, 2 Peter 1 that came through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is powerful. This is powerful. One more scripture today. Ephesians 2 and 8. And I pray the Lord will have engrafted what we've heard today into our souls. But this, grab a hold of this today, saints. It doesn't matter. You've never heard it. Maybe you have. Maybe you're a theologian or a Bible scholar. Maybe you've spent far more time in the Word through years of faithful study. Maybe you already know this. Maybe this is only new to me, but I can still rejoice because it's new to me. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 8, (coughs) excuse me for a moment, for by grace, that means by what God did in Christ at the cross, are you saved through faith. That means you've got to believe. Nobody's ever been born again. Nobody is in heaven today nor will ever anybody be in heaven who has not had faith, trust, and dependence upon what God did in His Son at Calvary through that sacrificial, atoning, redemptive work. No one is going to heaven outside that door, that way, that new and living way that the Bible declares to be in the flesh. That means what Jesus did. No one will ever be saved outside of that. God can't save anybody. Let me say that again because some people say, well, there's nothing God can't do. (coughs) Well, there's a ton of things God can't do because of the way God has set things in motion. He can't lie. He can't save your soul outside of faith in the one avenue prescribed way He's offered to all humanity. And he can't keep you outside of your keeping of the faith. Oh, again, now he can cause all kinds of circumstances to come into your life hoping that you can uh, again uh, tune your ear back into him and and, and begin hearing again uh, the way you began hearing and receiving again through the avenue you began receiving. But he can't keep you, my friend, outside of your keeping that which He gave you, that measure of faith, to be able to keep you by His power unto salvation. Watch this now. For by grace, let me say it again, what God did in Christ at Calvary are you saved. And remember, the Bible says in Hebrews 2 and 9 that Jesus tasted death I'm so sorry. By the grace of God for all men. So, by grace means what God has done or what God is doing. Are you saved? Through faith. Watch. And that, not of yourselves. He's not talking about grace here. He's talking about faith. Grace is what God does. But that faith, it is the gift of God. Let me say this. What God did in Christ at Calvary, make no mistake about it, that is the avenue through which God offers the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. But the gift of eternal life is not obtained and experienced outside of receiving the truth of Christ and Him crucified. Grace is not the gift of God this Bible verse is speaking of. Grace in this verse is what God did to get us the gift. Romans 5 bears out what that gift is. And Romans chapter 5 says that the gift of righteousness came by grace. The free, the free gift. If you think you've got to do any work to get the gift of righteousness, the gift of faith here mentioned, you eliminate yourself from it. Anything... Anything other than simple childlike faith in the cross, the work, the the righteous work of Christ on the cross, his death, anything other than that is a hindrance and a mixture and something that makes us weak in the faith. Paralyzes us. Keeps us from moving forward. Sets us in a place. And, and unless we're growing and moving away from these hindrances, distractions, and mixtures, unless we're obviously moving away, growing, we're, because it's one of the two, we're either becoming more determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, or we're being slowly fading away in a process where our ears are itching and we're trying to scratch them ourselves through anything outside of the sound doctrine, which be the only place we can keep ourselves in the faith. Watch now. By grace you are saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Romans chapter 5 reveals the gift, the free gift, is the righteousness of God. Here we see that faith we were dealt. Faith we've obtained. It is the gift of God that He's given us. He, he, he gave us the free gift of righteousness, declared us righteous, robed us in righteousness. But He also dealt to us that we might obtain this measure of like precious faith that if we'll keep, we won't trade it in for faith in any of these fads. We'll keep this faith so that we can keep our course and fight this good fight. He'll be found keeping us and the power of Christ will rest upon us. It's been a wonderful broadcast. I'm so thankful that there is a mighty move of God taking place. I know that most don't want to know about it. They're looking for a mighty move of God. The mighty move of God took place 2,000 years ago at Calvary. And the mightiest move of God that's ever taken place on the earth since then, the mightiest moves of God are what God was able to do by grace Through the faith He dealt to His people. That's faith in the cross alone. Faith in the cross alone. And I'm so thankful to be learning that. And I'm so thankful there are others who are awakening unto God's words of righteousness. I hope you've been blessed today. And I hope you would continue to share these broadcasts for the millions and millions can hear these teachings of truth if we will join and band together, no matter what church we go to, no matter what denom- denomination you may be in, let's join together with the intention, the participation of the distribution of the truth of God's words in righteousness. God bless you. We love you. We hope to see you Sunday morning live at 10 a.m. here. And uh, you can sow into this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, 903-231-5950. Thank you for all of you who help us be able to do what we're doing by the grace of God here at Crossway Church through faith. I love you dearly and sincerely. And until we meet again, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then. God bless.